Yeah, Welcome awesome. to the Art Right Now podcast. My name is Joseph Swanson. Let's get into the arts. In jokes. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Swanson. Welcome to the Art Right Now podcast. Man, I'm super excited to be joined by um, fellow producer Isaac. Thanks for joining me again, Isaac. And we have on the show tonight, Jaime Perales at Tattoo Cave down at, uh, where are you tattooing? Still at Figueroa Street? <laughs> Figueroa Street Tattoo. Yeah, man, you've been there for a while, Still huh? There. Yeah, yeah, it's it's my home. I'm, I live 10 minutes away. <laughs> oh, man, that's so nice. It's nice you know? when you, yeah, when you're that close and you can, uh, you can jam right down there. It's, it's, it's perfect, so... Man, thanks for thanks for joining me, man, and and I appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. Um, definitely, we <laughs> that's lucky, lucky right. dog. That's nah, our hey, it happens. <laughs> My dog. Hey, hey, at least we know everybody's safe over there in Oakland. <laughs> so let's get let's get right into it this is segment one uh of the podcast this is the right now segment what's happening right now um sorry to kick it off on a little bit of a sad note but we you know want to shout out um artists that passed away this week norm uh rest in peace norm uh incredible lettering artist from la um he owned love letters tattoo in la los angeles loved by a lot of folks is going to be greatly missed in the tattoo community and so um r.i.p norm and and condolences go out to all his friends and family who are um you know struggling with this loss so um now uh Jaime, you said you you've met him you met norm before and obviously he has a huge impact down in la that's where you are at um you know how's it been yeah. how's it been down there in this last week getting that news Uh, it sucks. Yeah. You know, he's known around the world, but here in LA, everybody, everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody knows like tattoos in LA without saying Norm. You know, and it sucks. It sucks. He was big in the graph world too. You know, mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. You know, I'm not one to say anything. You know, without really knowing. But it sucks, man, just to lose somebody that big. Yeah, it's, I think it. it you know, it, however it happened, it's a sad thing, and and I think, you know, he was one of those guys that can be looked up to as not only a tattooer but a, like you said, a graffiti writer. He was a businessman that had merchandise. Yeah. He was a businessman that had machines. He ran a his own tattoo shop. You know, he was involved in a lot of aspects of of not only tattooing but but design and, and illustration and a lot of other businesses. So, you know, somebody to look at what they did while they were here and, and could showcase their talents and, and take, take from that and, you know, try to try to learn and, and, and carry that torch, I guess, in a sense, you know, uh, the rest of us that are yeah. here. Oh. Uh, but yes, any, any, uh, you know, rest in peace, Norm, um, again, shout out to everybody, condolences to the, to the friends and family and, um, sending a lot of love from the podcast and down there. So, um, you know, I, on a, on a, on a good note, um, this last week was session three for, um, the project that I'm involved in, in, uh, at Harvest High in Ripon, California. That's an, uh, an art painting project that I've been doing. 
um, with these kids, 30 kids in Ripon. And man, it was, it was incredible. It had a little bit of a, uh, a turn this, this last week. It was session three. We were going to add, we were going to start to add some lettering into the project on the canvases. And that was the intention when I came up with the project was to, was to have the kids at this point be, um, using some lettering that they came up with some, some words that they had, uh, came up with that that were strengths that they had um, on these canvases. Now, what happened was in the development of the first and second sessions, um, the projects kind of took a, took a life of their own. And I don't think that lettering would be the most appropriate thing to put on all of the, on all these canvases. So um, we took a little bit of a shift and um, the lettering, uh, tool that we were going to use were these crank K60 markers. It's like a, it's like a drip marker, um, a squeeze drip marker. And so, um, I brought in some big paper and allowed the kids to have an opportunity to, to use this paint tool, uh, a, a paint marker that they, none of them, uh, most of them had never even touched. Um, they maybe heard of a crank marker, but never had touched it. And I thought, well, instead of taking this right onto our canvases, let's use this as an opportunity to dive into something new artistically and allow that to kind of enhance the, um, the experience and inform what you're then going to bring into that canvas. And so some of the kids found ways to use the markers in other, uh, in other ways, right? Not just for lettering, but as, um, some had black backgrounds. And so they used the black drip marker to, you know, make certain marks and patterns on the page. So it was cool to bring that in and, and man, it's exciting to see what the kids are doing and developing and their engagement in it. Um, I, I'm still looking at, uh, this week was a super busy week for me. And so I wasn't able to drop the podcast episode that, um, went in conjunction with that, but super fun to, to see the kids experiencing these markers, something new that, uh, that, um, is exciting for them to watch, uh, to, to experience and learn. So, um, you know, that was, that was fun to see and, and fun to use those markers myself. You know, I was, I don't know if you guys have seen that dude on uh, Instagram, Mr. Doodle. Have you seen that cat? No. Nah. Oh man. You nah, got, nah. yeah, you got to check out Mr. Doodle. This cat, uh, you, I've kind of watched him blow up over the last couple of years and he's doing big exhibitions now in, in China and Japan. And, um, he uses those types of markers. So, um, pretty, pretty oh, fun. Pretty cool. Have you, have you ever done any of that? Uh, like used a drip marker or any sort of like, um, graffiti, uh, instrument like that? Mm, no, nah, nah, I used a drip marker before, but never really for like lettering or anything. Yeah. I don't know. It was always something more of a like a uh, like background, like you, you you were using them for, right? You know? Right. Yeah. It, Isaac, if, just... you, if you go to the if my you go to my Instagram, you can see like um, I posted. Um, I did some some words for the kids that they you know they would come up and they're like, hey, can you write my name or can you write this uh, friend's band name? And it was pretty fun. So yeah. if you go to that Instagram, one of my last posts. Uh, at Joseph Swanson artist is um, me uh, drawing out one of the kids names. 
Oh, right. Yeah, there we go. Oh, nice. Now that look, see, it was Daniel, but it was spelled different. So here, here's like, it was D-A-N. And so you're squeezing that marker. It's a nice uniform line. Yep. Look, I had a little hang up there. I was like, wait, what? What? how do you spell this? Daniel, spelled a little bit different. Yep. But pretty fun. So the, that's pretty smooth. That's yeah. Yeah. I would have stopped like four times. <laughs> no, it was pretty fun. And like, look, little tattoo trick. You always write down the name. You make them spell it. You write it out so there's no confusion. I did. I did mess up one of the names. Um, I think I put one girl wanted me to write dragon something. And I put, uh, I forgot the R in dragon at first. I had to crumple it up and start over, but uh, it, it was super fun. Um, yeah, I like those markers a lot. I, I've ridden, you know, on things in the street with those. They, they give you a nice effect. Yep. Well, yep. Drip, drips and stuff. You control the liquidity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to have it where there's no drip and it's just that solid line, like in that in that video that I did, you could totally do that. But if you want to squeeze it a little bit more at yeah. the end of each thing, and you get that drip down, it's really cool. Now they and they sell those things um, empty too, so you can fill up fill those markers yeah. up with whatever you want. Yeah. 14, so I, I filled it up with a watercolor ink. I think that's uh -huh. what we filled it up with. Oh, okay. You know, for like yeah. background stuff. Oh, for sure. You know, we got the empty one. You know, oh, that's pretty but, smart. I like that. I've never thought about yeah, that because it is just a foam tip. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's real foamy. And you know, we try to figure out all kinds of different ways to paint and draw. You know, like every little trick. Hey, how does this work? How would this work? You know, mm. I remember grabbing one of those guys, the empty ones. Yeah, that's did great. That just for the just for the coloring the paper, or did you use it to paint with it? Uh, more more like if like a like a background you know if you're doing something like a, you know how if you they do like rice paper mm. like old school real wet you know uh, uh rice like paper a wash paint. yeah yeah like a wash yeah mm. more like a wash yeah but like i only used it a little bit it wasn't something that i was like you know it was more of a trying it out you know yeah that's pretty good though i mean i had never thought about i had never thought about that and you they get some pretty fat ones you can get a nice fat um yeah. tip and that'd probably be good you could put a wash of um gray in there or whatever even like a watered yeah. down that watered down coffee mix um i used yeah. to tint i used to tint my sheets with coffee uh, mix up Folgers yeah. crystals and get it super <laughs> super thick and it makes it vintage looking man it's dope yeah yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Right on. Um, what else is happening? Uh, I'm in Colorado. I'm recording from uh, Colorado. I'm on a little vacation. Uh, five days out here staying at a little Airbnb, which just almost got broken into, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just came that's up. Crazy. Hey, dude, he just like I heard the door and I had my headphones on and, and I hear it kind of open. And then um, I get up. Cause it's right there, and I go over in the outside he doors. Up kind of quick. What's that? Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm not. I'm not ready for somebody to come in on me, man. Like, I locked the door after that. But dang, that's a little sketchy. So, uh, but we're out here yeah, having fun. We went into Till Death um, Tattoo, which is nice. uh, saw my friend Clinton, um, and yeah, 
it was a beautiful shot, man. Wow. How, how cool. It was really wide open. You come up, you, you open the door um, from street level, and you come up these stairs. Super dope mural, like, all along um, the right side uh, of the stairs. You come up, and just big open space all around, open stations, a bunch of them. And really, really beautiful shot, man. Incredible. If you go to, I think it's tilt. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful, oh, you know. Bourdain. Yeah, look at that. Pretty cool. Good stuff. Yep. That one on the hand nice. right there. Um, yeah, that dude's awesome, David Robinson. Yeah. Um, I think the one on the hand right there is Clinton. This one. Yeah. That's Clinton yeah. Lee. Yeah. That dude's awesome. He 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 apprenticed under um, Russ Abbott, and um, I interviewed him back in the day on my podcast, my first podcast, and uh, met him at Paradise Tattoo Gathering back in the day when he was still an apprentice. So and Gordon guy crushes Combs, it. Yeah, was here, right? Uh, oh yeah, his stuff is still up there. His little his stations there. It's incredible stuff, man. I mean, what's cool about it is you see like these guys. Um, everybody has these dope banners hanging up by their stations and they're all like, um, you know, it's not just your regular, you know, plastic banner with an eye loops. And I mean, they have beautiful em- embroidered banners and like hand woven banners. <laughs> it was just dope, man. It was cool to see all yeah. the, the different style. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's super cool. Yeah, it's dope. But I mean, that, that, Remind, it reminds me seeing all that cool stuff, seeing the the extra effort that goes into um, you know banners and the things, the way that they're setting up their stations and and showcasing work around um, their stations um, definitely speaks to that point when I first met you, Jaime, in Sacramento, yeah. and you guys had your table crushed out with that certain style of line drawings, and and it it was sick. You had taken the idea of a line drawing book and you had expanded it out to the table and showcased it in a new way. And I think that, um, you know, people are getting so much stuff is accessible nowadays, uh, to do it, to do it yourself. Right. Like whether it's printing or, um, you know, I was just looking at, I mean, Isaac and I've talked about, um, you know, developing a golden mean caliper, uh, a couple other things, you know, it, it, stuff is successful to do these days is what I'm saying. I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. your, I'm sorry. What was that? I'm sorry. I was going to ask what your Instagram was, Jaime. Uh, it's a tattoo cave, like no underscore, no nothing. Okay. I see you. All right. I'm, yeah, I, that that day at the at the convention, that was actually uh, my buddy's idea. He's mm-hmm. like, "Dude, you got so many, just spread them out," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's actually all ballpoint pen that I started doing. Oh uh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, that you know? stuff's that stuff's incredible, man. It's really cool. Like with the bright the bright blue ballpoint, you could definitely tell that style, and but it's still got this like uh, almost like. Western traditional, like cartoon, cholo, like all these elements to it that are super cool, man. Yeah, yeah I love thank it. you. I, I, I try to keep it traditional still, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but like, 
tweaked you know, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is all the stuff I saw growing up, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I like both. Yeah, <laughs> that's put them together. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's just really cool style. And I think that's what like um later on in the show at the end of this segment, um, I'm gonna play a little interview I did with Freddie Corbin. We talked about um the development of his roses and how he kind of how that's developed and and you know his roses the thing that he what he's doing right now is so incredible man i mean it's, it's such a unique style you can definitely tell when you see a rose of freddie corbin scrolling on instagram oh, yeah. that it's a rose that freddie's doing and mm-hmm. so so cool yeah look at that <laughs> that one's sick dude that's so cool that's <laughs> so good yeah yeah <laughs> so fun i got into skateboarding yeah. this last week too man i told you I, and i told man i did what i normally do when i get back into something that's so fun i did it for like three days straight i did it for my birthday then the next day i went out skated again and then monday i came back home and skated again Dude, my knees were so <laughs> sore. I, I'm out there. I'm out there acting like I'm 16. I'm 46. But I'll tell you what. I I got I got a kickflip, landed kickflip on my birthday, and I landed nice. heel flip first try. That was impressive. Yeah. I know. I can't believe that. Yep. When's the last time where you were on a board before that? Uh, on a board, maybe like I don't know, half a dozen years. Like, and then, but like pop a board, like popped a board, yeah. a, a, <laughs> a baker's dozen, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> a size for sure. Um, but you, I mean, that goes to show that you got that muscle memory. Cause that it proper heel yeah. flip. <laughs> it was, it was cool. Yeah. To land it on your first try. That's, that's. Yeah. Uh, it was super fun. And the kids were out there, man. They had fun. It was like. I didn't have to tell them one time this weekend to, you know, let's go play outside. You know, they were out there, they were skateboarding, they're having fun. I uh, bought my girlfriend uh, a longboard. Um, so we go push up and down around the neighborhood. And so, you know, my daughter was on the longboard. My son learned to Ollie this, this last weekend too. Um, so they were just having a blast, man. It was fun. And I think that's what kind of sparked this idea of like engaging in new things to enhance creatively what you're doing already, you know? And I took that, I took that into that um, teaching class or that teaching at at the high school in Ripon and just talked to the kids the way that project was going, that kind of getting back involved in skateboarding, having it kind of spark some inspiration in me, pushed me to look at that project maybe in a little different way and say, all right, well, let's get these kids Let's not necessarily use these markers on our paintings, but let's get these kids involved in something that's going to push that creative energy and push them in a direction that will allow the marker or the skateboarding or the whatever they're doing in their life to help inform that creative expression. Yeah, that that that's super cool. I like that that you even, you're teaching these kids. That's like that alone is doing something else out of the ordinary, you know. I, I like mean, what you're doing. I appreciate it, man. I mean, it was something it, that that came up this last year and and has developed, and it's something that you know a lot of different aspects of my history have come together to help facilitate. So it's exciting. That's super cool, man. I think that. 
You know, uh, I, I feel like you, you're super something to spark creativity, you know? And I think when you're doing this a good while, you know, that, 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 that creativity kind of goes away. You do need to find other things, uh, I don't know. To get you motivated again, I guess. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, in segment um, segment three of the show, um, we're going to have my buddy, good buddy, Paul Urich on, on the drop segment of the show. But then in segment three, the collaboration segment of the show, we're going to talk about just that, is where do you find inspiration? How do you spark that creative juice again? You know, in the middle of a project, you had a plan for one, one way or you had a plan for some part of this, you know, art expression and and maybe it's going in a different direction it didn't come out how you like it how do you continue that energy you know um over the course of time whether that's over the course of your artistic career or whether that's a course over the course of like um just one particular project but where do you find inspiration and and where do you spark that juice you know yeah yeah um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's fun, man. You know, um, before we get, uh, into the, into the drop segment, um, I'm going to let you guys listen to this interview that I did with Freddie Corbin. I hope you enjoy it. It is absolutely inspiring to me. He's been a guy that I've wanted to connect with, um, for a long time and had an opportunity to do it. We talked about his upcoming, um, uh, position on this panel that's happening at the Bay Area Tattoo Convention Saturday at 2 p.m. And then um, we talked about his development of his roses and um, artistically how that came about. And so um, enjoy that. Enjoy this talk with uh, Freddie Corbin. Well, my guest uh, tonight is Freddie Corbin. Freddie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, as we talked a little bit about um, before, I wanted to talk about two things in particular, and that's this panel you have coming up, um, hosted by Andrew Stortz, uh, hosted the pod, uh, Books Closed podcast. That's coming up at the Bay Area Tattoo Convention that's going on tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. And then um, this is an art podcast, and, and I'm always excited to see new development in style, and and that's what I've seen in your roses. And so I want to talk about your roses that you've been requested to be tattooed uh, a bunch lately. And so thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah. It, so talk a little bit. I hit up Andrew this morning and just you know said, hey, is there anything in particular? I'm talking to Freddie, and I want to you know showcase this panel. I think that it's an incredible opportunity to talk about what's going on in tattooing and have some very diverse um, conversations about about it. I know Andrew is a very uh, smart and well thought out guy, and so it's going to be fun to to yeah. have him have him host it. Um, tell me a little bit about it, and and I know that your other panel members, it's Deb Yarian and and a friend of mine Henry Lewis, so it should be good. Oh, it should be great. Um, well, you know, interestingly, I don't know a ton about it, but what I do know is, uh, I mean, first of all, I totally trust Andrew Stortz. You know what I mean? So basically when he first asked me, I said yes, 
just because I like what he does. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I love his take on tattooing. Like he's, he's a wonderful tattooer. You can tell that he really loves it, loves tattooing just by looking at his tattoos. And I love his like, you know, like you said, kind of interesting and intelligent yet comedic kind of take on things, you know, yeah, absolutely. which is really great. And, um, so I think what the goal is, is to kind of talk about if there is even anything to preserve in tattooing, like basically, is there anything worth preserving like the preservation of tattooing? And if so, what would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be very like a very open conversation. I think there'll be a lot of like question and answer as well. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be super long, but um, I think it's basically, I think it's kind of like Andrew almost like asking the audience that question and maybe we'll be there to kind of, you know, help or answer some questions or maybe throw in a couple of opinions as well. I think it's you know? great. And, I, um, I think it's such a cool format too. You know, I've, I've done a, a few live podcasts, um, a handful of years ago. I, I did some interviews, um, on stage at a paradise tattoo gathering and with Chuck Eldridge and, um, Doug Hardy oh, right. and a, a few other big guys, uh, um, BJ Betts, a few other folks. And it was just really fun. The energy is different when it's live. And especially with the engagement of the audience, I think it's going to be a real powerful, um, situation to have that and have somebody steering that ship as, like you said, intelligent, uh, as Andrew is, and then have the depth of, tattoo history and, ta- and and visual understanding and um, business understanding that the panel has. So it's, it, I think it's going to be a really exciting thing to, to see what comes of it. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. And like you said, like kind of the organic aspect of having the audience always brings in like a good dynamic and then a dynamic that you don't really know how it's going to play out. So that's always kind of fun too. Absolutely. It's, it's almost... Yeah. I mean, it speaks to that. It speaks to almost that tattoo shop energy that, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the tattoo shop. I mean, it's <laughs> true. It, it is letting that kind of um, energy loose as part of it is so cool. And I think people are um, in this day and age where podcasting is very, very prevalent and, and most people know what it what's going on with it and, and either have a few podcasts that they listen to or at least know of it. And to be able to take it to another level with the, with the live interaction, I think is so cool. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's really exciting. And to see, uh, to see again, what you said comes, comes out of it and, and the questions from the audience is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I think so too. And what you said about like, uh, letting it loose, you know, letting mm-hmm. that stuff loose, that's a huge, huge part of it. Definitely. Right. Right. Definitely. It's cool too, to have such a diverse panel. I mean, with, with yourself and, um, being a, an established, you know, owner of a tattoo shop in the, in the industry many, many years. Um, Deb being again, also in the, in the industry, many, many years, bringing um, a female perspective, a perspective from a different part of the country. Um, and then Henry being, um, also, again, really respected in the industry, been around a long time and brings the energy of traveling a lot and and brings the energy from um, being able to, as you do, too. I mean, you just got off this incredible um, tribal tattoo tour, which um, 
amazing. It had to have been a blast. But you bring all of that, um, which informs what you guys can can comment on and bring to the conversation. So exciting. Yeah, I think it's uh, like kind of perfectly diverse and a good mix. Mm -hmm. Good mix for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys, um, obviously Temple will have a booth. Um, Tattoo 13 will have a booth as well at the convention. Yeah, we always, um, you know, Taki's always been really good to us and Roman from like, you know, kicking us a booth. So we always make sure and be there with, you know, bells on and make sure the booth's all set up. Sometimes we tattoo because we're local. You know, so sometimes it's better to just kind of like sell some shirts and get to like chat and hang out instead of like working because we're always here anyway in the area, you know, so I've tattooed, I'd say maybe about half the time. Sometimes I work, sometimes I don't. That's cool. You're always dropping good merch around this time. I mean, the sweatshirts that you're dropping, absolutely ridiculous, man. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And, you know, talking with kind of talking about design and, and you guys always doing good merchandise and, and the aesthetic of what you're putting out, um, you know, kind of, kind of feeds into this idea that I wanted to talk to you about, about the roses and being able to, as we talked a little bit before we hit record, being able to um, showcase something unique in a time that is so saturated in tattooing. And so I would love to get your take on how you think you accomplished that and, um, also, I just want to say how fucking amazing those roses are that you're doing now, man. I mean, it's so cool. And you're Thank you so, so much. So identifiable as, you know, something that you're doing right now and, and just absolutely crushing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I love doing them. You know, I mean, I'm getting asked a lot. I think it's probably maybe three quarters of the tattooing I do are roses at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never really set out to do that, and it just kind of happened naturally. But um, I've always loved roses. You know, they've always been like one of my favorite things to tattoo. And you know, recently with um, so many styles of, of in tattooing reemerging, you know, and also like with the rotary machine mm-hmm. coming into play, um, you know, for lack of better terms, I'd say it's almost like that kind of like old kind of prison look, but refined a little bit more. Sure. You know, I can, I can get, um, I can get different kinds of shading than I can with a rotary than I can with a coil machine. And I, I love obviously my coil machines, you know, like I only use rotaries for shading. Mm -hmm. I would never line with them or anything like that, but, um, they have definitely helped, um, in the metamorphosis of, of those roses because you get this really nice kind of like pepper mm-hmm. type shading and a little stippling and stuff that, that um, I would have never been able to get with the Magnum. Right. And I've only been using them for a couple of years. So I think, you know, the process has kind of happened over, you know, without me setting out to do it, it just kind of started happening once I jumped over to using rotaries, you know, like, uh, I worked with a couple guys that were checking them out and I liked the looks they were getting. So it was like, you know, old dog, new tricks kind of thing where it was sure. like, I'm not afraid to, to try new things. Like I want to try new things. I'm not always, I'm not one of those guys that's out there. That's like, wants to, you know, get one of everything that's new and just see how it works. You know, I'm kind of a creature of comfort. And if I find something that works for me, I'll just stay with it. 
so I think a big part of that was like checking out rotaries. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, as you're doing them and as you're getting, you know, asked to do them, you kind of just try different things, you know, like, well, I'm going to try the flips this way, or let me try the center differently or, and looking at different people's work, um, like what's going on over in Australia right now. Like there's a whole bunch of like really great tattooers over in Melbourne and obviously all over Europe and the United States, let alone South America and everywhere else, you know, there's right. just a bunch of people tattooing right now. So I think like checking out the different styles and the way they're done and kind of really wanting to go back to like that school of uh, Jack Rudy and good time, Charlie and Freddie Negretti and just always kind of, having wanting to have emulate them a little bit, you know what I mean? Like if I were to look at somebody and, you know, try, you know, I'm sure we all have like our role models that sure. we look at. And if I, you know, I'd love to tattoo like Eddie Deutsch or, or Horiyoshi or whoever it may be, you know, and for me, it's kind of always been a lot simpler. I'm not really like a bodysuit guy. You know what I mean? I don't do a ton of large work and yeah, you know, I'll do a back piece every once in a while or like a rib cage, but I'm not like bodysuit guy. You know, I really enjoy doing tattoos that you can finish in one or two sessions, you know? I do. And, um, <laughs> I so, do know. It's, so the, I remember, sure, I'm right it's a lot that. more fun, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, bow down to folks that can do that kind of work, and I know how much time and homework studying goes into that, you know, to be able to do it right. Yeah. Not to mention uh, the development of the clientele that is going to take that journey with you. You know, it's it's definitely a whole part to it. And I think, um, that sometimes overlooked you, it's a commitment on their part, you know, let alone the commitment in the drawing and and the, and the tattooing, it's a commitment on the client. So, um, yeah, I'd say at least half of it, right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because you know, it's like to get somebody to show up and, you know, take the pain and spend the money and, and, you know, not wait two years in between. That's huge. Right. Huge. So, so I think, um, you know, when it came to like, I tattoo a lot of tattooers and a lot of collectors Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm super honored that somebody just wants to come get like a Freddie tattoo. You know what I mean? So, so that's always super sweet. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the fact that, you know, roses are a very classic image and it's something that like most people love or would maybe like to have one, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that like, you know, everybody can get a rose, you know, there's always like a little room, whether it's like a little opening from the hand up the wrist or especially somebody who has a bunch of tattoos already, mm-hmm. you know, like I just tattooed a fella from Australia two days ago and he was covered, man. You know what I mean? And he had like this little channel right down the center of his throat with wow. a huge Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ended up kind of squeezing it in there and you know, they work perfectly because they are organic and you yes. can kind of like throw the leaves in one little opening and the petals up in another and maybe a butt up past that. I so think um, it works out really well. It, absolutely. And I think what it's cool, cool that it speaks to is that it's playing to all those all your strengths and also playing to that idea of you're shaping the experience the way that you want it to be and you're using the tools that you want and so the whole thing is going to have such a better energy such a better vibe and it it 
it definitely shows. I mean, it comes out through the showcasing of, of your work on Instagram and, and oh, thank you so much. It's great. So you, you tattooed, um, my buddy, one of the guys that, uh, I came up tattooing with, and we both had the same mentor, Adam Roach from the forge tattoo in, um, Fairfax, you tattooed his face and the word. Oh, Jack. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Adam's super cool. I go way back with him and, um, have spent a lot of good time with him talking about his experiences tattooing. And I remember him, uh, he, he's got family, I think in Minnesota and I'm originally from Minnesota. And so I remember him coming, okay. uh, to Minnesota to visit with, with me and bringing bear sausage and stories of tattooing in, uh, at Mao and Kathy's in Spain and, you know, teaching me about the way that water should look and the way that, you know, skulls were being done at that time. And man, so cool. So, um, Sure. Really fun. I like stuff. Adam a lot. Yeah, definitely. Good guy. Great yeah, musician as well. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. He's, he's such an incredible musician. And, um, I remember seeing, um, there, there's, there's a great video on YouTube. I think if you just tattoo or, or type in Adam Roach, you come up and it's a little almost documentary, cool cinematic, like, um, a short on him and, and him playing and his musical experience. I mean, he's played at the grand old Opry and, um, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. A bunch of cool stuff. So, um, you know, he's never even brought that up to me. Just goes <laughs> to show what a cool guy he is. He just never even mentioned it. You know, we've always just kind of talked tattoos when we're hanging out. Yeah. Well, he just got his face blasted too. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> dude. He's, he was, man, he's one of those inspirations, like from early on, you know, I was seeing him do stuff that had such smooth dynamic look to it. And, um, yeah, it was really, it was cool to have those role models when I first came up tattooing. Um, you know, I just had my anniversary. I'm in my 24th year. So it's, uh, it's been quite a ride. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So, um, so tell, that's awesome. Yeah. Tell me, um, tell me a little bit about what else you have going on, man. I know you have the the shops in Oakland. I'm there. I'm going to definitely stop by and, and say hello. Um, and I had talked to, uh, uh, Jason, um, about coming on the podcast as well. And so, yeah, man, oh, great. it's exciting to see both your shops flourishing and incredible, um, incredible work coming out of them. Oh, well, thank you so much, man. I mean, we just, uh, I really appreciate that. We just survived, <clears throat> excuse me. We just survived three skyscrapers being built within one block of us. It's incredible. So that was, right? that was <laughs> hell. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I have, uh, you know, you see it all over the Bay and, and you see that stuff just developing and, um, it's happening in the city and people are being pushed out and, um, yeah, wow, it's, it's cool to see that you just, you're still surviving, man, right there. I, I love it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's sad. It's like sad that so many people are kind of getting pushed out and it's mm -hmm. the kind of thing that like, you know, you really can't do anything about it. So, you know, it's like, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't want to be upset or angry about how, that area of Oakland is changing. You know what I mean? Right. I just want to be there and thrive and, and yeah. enjoy it. So it just is what it is. And it was really difficult for about two years, but we made it and they're all finished now. So the neighborhood's kind of like back to the way it was as yeah. far as like, you know, they don't have half the street marked off with dividers and everything's congested. Right. Like nobody was going down there unless you had to for a little while. 
so it, you know, it, it got, there was a little bit of a struggle, but you know, we're all family and we support each other and we made it happen and we got through it. So it's really nice. It's kind of like we're over the, the hump. And, um, you know, I just love Oakland. I always have, it kind of was one of the world's greatest secrets back 20 years ago because everybody wanted to be in the city at San Francisco, you know, for those that are listening other places. And, uh, and everybody wanted to be in the city, but it was just like a little bit warmer over here. It was a little bit flatter, a little cheaper, and just a little bit more local. You know, like San Francisco has always had a humongous um, tourist industry. Right. So there's always that element to it. And Oakland just really didn't have that back then. It was just, you know, people living and people doing their thing, very working class. And... um I really love that about Oakland. So, you know, it's been interesting, definitely, to say the least, to come over, you know, and have the same city that was a little dirtier and a little maybe edgier, for lack of better terms. And now it's just, you know, like way cleaned up. And, you know, a lot of people that live here kind of had it. all my everybody that I work with, except for two. And I work with about 12 people between both shops have had to move out you know, it's been like evicted and had to move farther out into a smaller place for less money, Right. you know, and these are first world problems, you know what I mean? So it's like, we can handle it and we're dealing with it and it's fine. But, you know, I can only imagine what it's like for somebody that doesn't have the luxury, um, you know, that's maybe working a job, getting paid minimum wage or a little bit more that just has to like move out of the city they love. You know, I just couldn't imagine that. That just truly suck. Right. It's a lot, it's a, but, it's uh, a lot of increased commute times, you know, which, uh, yeah, even myself, yeah, I mean, exactly. I live out by Lodi and I commute Monday through Friday or, you know, I stay in the Bay one night a week. Um, so it's, it's what is, you know, you have to do sometimes and, and yeah, it's, uh, you, exactly. you make the best of it. And I think, um, you can still find, uh, excitement in it and you can still find, um, the positivity in it. So, um, one last question here, Freddie, what is, what's the thing that's get, keeping you excited about, or, or what's the thing in tattooing right now that that's keeping you excited? Um, you know, I think, um, well, for me personally, I think that I've finally found like a little groove, you know, you kind of go in and out of this you know, you've been tattooing for 24 years, you know, so there's certain times that you're like really pumped and excited. And there's other times you're just kind of showing up to work. Mm -hmm. And I finally, and I think, you know, I gotta say, I think that Instagram is a little part of this, but I've always just kind of, my goal has always just to been like to be the tattoo guy of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? I never set out to be internationally known or anything like that. You know, working for Ed really was like a godsend when it came to that stuff. But my goal was always just to be the tattoo man of the area. And when I came over to Oakland, you know, the people I was, I was tattooing at first, they had no idea who I was or Ed Hardy or anybody like that. You know what I mean? I was just a tattoo man and that's wonderful. But the one thing that comes along with that and something I've always been proud of is you just do whatever you're asked. You know what I mean? I never set out to be like a niche tattooer where I only do, you know, Japanese, for example, or I only do black and gray. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do whatever the people came through the door and asked for, you right. know, and I wanted to be able to do it good. Yeah. And, you know, I'm into that, but I will say that, you know, at 32 years, it's really, really, really nice for people to just kind of let me do my thing. 
And I'm really just kind of doing black and gray right now. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of roses, as you know, and I get to do like a little Jesus here and some lettering there. And I think because I only post stuff that I kind of want to do again or in the future, you know, aside from some awesome idea that somebody might walk through the door with. Sure. That's been like really comfortable and really enjoyable. So going to work is really nice because I know it's not going to be like an extremely difficult day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Doing something I'm maybe not so familiar with where you really have to work extra hard to pay attention. There's a real fun and lightness about doing these roses and people are just as stoked on getting them as they are anything else, you know, or a little lie or whatever it may be, you know, and uh, some old English across the stomach, whatever it is for that day. So I've really, really been digging and uh, going to work lately because people are just kind of letting me do the stuff I really like to do. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, after 30 years, that's nice. Absolutely. And and I think that's probably what it is. Amazing, man. And I think it, it's, it speaks to the idea that you're creating an environment that's, um, making you happy. And I think everybody, you know, um, has that opportunity, you know, to do that, whatever you're doing, you know, to find those, the way to set it up so that, um, you know, you can be happy and be excited. And like I said, it, it shows man and it comes through and it's exciting to see that, um, you're able to do that. And, uh, amazing stuff, Freddie. It's so cool. I hope you have an incredible weekend, dude, at the uh, Bay Area Convention and have a great time. Be safe. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Joseph. I really appreciate it, man. I yep. hope to see you soon. Take care. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Freddie Corbin. Um, let's jump into the drop segment of the show. I'm going to call um, special guest Paul Urich. And we're going to drop into his Instagram a little bit and see if we can get the scoop on what he's got going on. Let's get him on the line. Here we go. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, what's up, Joe? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Taking time uh, out of tattooing out of there in Oakland and jumping on the show, dropping down, uh, dropping into your Instagram, man. I, you know, I, I talked to you a little bit earlier today about it. Um, we got Isaac on the show and a good buddy of mine, um, Jaime Perales, is also joining on the show. All right. What's up, guys? What's up? So we're going to go to your Instagram. Your Instagram, Paul, is um, Nowheresville, Oakland. And we'll go to that one. And then also definitely want to uh, pump up the the shop Instagram. That's uh, at NWV Oak, O-A-K. So at NWV O-A-K is the shop Instagram. At Nowheresville, Oakland is Paul's Instagram. So if we go to your Instagram, Paul, um, Jaime, why don't you, uh, um, take a look and, um, have Isaac stop on one of these, uh, photos here. Isaac, can you get just the, um, the full s- screenshot of the, uh, of his Instagram, please? Without the, uh, let me see. Let's X out of that so we can see all the, all the photos. I didn't want to do that. That's like that. Uh, okay. Like yeah, Totally. All right, so Jaime, if you see yeah. something you like, um, 
we'll have Paul dive a little bit deeper into it. I really Uh-oh. like that book. That's a book? <laughs> that book, you, you keep all your paintings, all those drawings in one book? Uh, yeah, well, we're, we've expanded now. We got like four or five books, but I only do my um, tattoo out of those books. But I only do the tattoos once. And so, um, you know, we've expanded. Once one book Man, gets that's... done, I go to the next. That's pretty amazing. Man, that thing's super cool. And, and these are, Thanks, um, this is uh, like the books you're talking about. These are sketchbooks that like one of them in particular that you just put out, Paul. Um, and I think it's up uh, up higher, Isaac, towards the top is going to be probably the sketchbook that Jaime saw right there. That's, um, and this is a Paranoid Tears one, I think. Uh, talk a little bit about that one, Paul, the Paranoid Tears project uh, that you have going on. Well, Paranoid Tears is a thing that I do with my friend Griffin McPartland. Um, he's a garbage man in SF, and uh, we both used to run around and do art things together back in the day. And uh, in about 2014, I roped him into, uh, he's a poet, and he started collaborating with me on these drawings. And um, so when he does his garbage route, if he finds a neat book in the trash, we grab it now, and uh, he does a writing, and I do a drawing. So that's our collaboration. <laughs> Amazing, dude. And you have uh, how many of those drawing and writing um, writings you have total? Uh, I'm, almost, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but we're right around – 600 drawings right now. Man, wow. nothing embarrassing Dude. about that, man. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so I, cool. I, I spend a lot of time on that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. It definitely, definitely a wild style that is where your tattooing's at as well. I mean, um, Isaac, if you want to pick one, uh, pick a okay. pick something to look at, and let's see. Um, how about this back piece? I don't know so if you, a, um, a, so the back piece is uh, what is it? Uh, we got a couple of uh, cat big cat heads on the top shoulder. It's a lo- it looks uh, like a Rock of Ages back piece. It's three roses on the bottom, ages. two panthers at the top with the the roses in the middle and on the outside, some palm trees. You know that one, Paul? Uh, shoot, I don't recall that one specifically, but I mean, that's, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it definitely speaks to this style that, um, you're engaging in, uh, a lot of the time now. And that's these small pieces that are kind of placed together, um, to create kind of a collage of incredible, like unique pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of like doing a lot of small pieces and putting them together because you don't have to commit all at once like a large back piece, you know, and it, yeah. you can kind of build as you go off of whatever emotions you have. You're not committed to just one specific idea. You uh, you work on it as you go, and, like, one day a palm tree seems like a right fit, you know, and mm-hmm. so you throw yeah. it in there. Um, I'm, I, I just like going off of people's emotions and feelings, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love it, man. I, I love that it speaks. This style definitely plays in, in today's, you know, market. And um, it's a fun, 
fun style. It's steep, steeped in. I know how many hours you've put into uh, drawing these designs and these images, man, over and over and over to get them to a point where for sure, for, where you can manipulate them and create something unique for yourself. And um, it's something I spoke to Freddie Corbin about today is creating this unique style in his roses. And I think it's something that you've developed as well. Um, not just in roses, but with a variety of these classic Americana style images. And you've been able to take them and push them in a direction where your style comes through. And now, oh, thanks, man. absolutely, man. And, and for my pick, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Sir Dirty Dave's back piece. And that, that one's just, I think it speaks to the idea that larger work can still play in this style. Um, it sure. is a throwback to, and, and a what? nod to in respect to our history and in, in tattooing with, um, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a piece that looks similar to the Huck Spaulding, uh, back piece that was well, done on Tom DeVita. Off, yeah. It's based off of that 100%. So, uh, what happened with that one is he asked for that Huck Spaulding DeVita piece and I, I redrew it in my way. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, yo, there's a weird skull in there. And it just, you know, as I sit with something, it, uh, the more I look at it, you know, and, and if the person gives me the liberty to get weird, that's what happens. But it's, it's 100% Tom DeVita Huck's balding. <laughs> Amazing, dude. And, and it's such, um, so well executed. And, you know, I love that you've, in court, instead of jumping into those spaces with, with the heavy whip shadings like one might, instinctually do you've approached it with that same real uh fine dot work style that is throughout a lot of your other work man and it's just absolutely killer oh well thank you very much man yeah i'm super comfortable with that dot work shading these days and uh i just i really enjoy that process and i like how it ages and uh yeah i'm locked in man (laughs) i love it i love it paul i mean it's it's pretty cool. Now, um, on the drop, you have an opportunity to also talk about um, your Instagram and, and a picture or a post um, or a selection of posts on there. I mean, you have stuff ranging from, uh, you know, skateboarding to, um, you know, Machine wild tattoo machines and collages of wicked El Caminos and, and <laughs> power moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I was talking about a post in, in particular, um, I guess what I would just say is like my Instagram gram kind of represents my personality and, uh, it, it's all the things I love and I want to share with people. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I truly care about art and just, you know, trying to share it with people and, and, uh, get good vibes. Well, it shows, man, and I, I've been super excited to be down there at the shop um, in Oakland. It's uh, Nowheresville Tattoo. It's at twenty seven twenty four MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland, California. And what a great, what a great space, man! You you connected to MacArthur Skate Shop. Shout out to MacArthur Skate Shop, man! And um, dude, incredible vibes, incredible shop. It's the work's stellar. Um, I appreciate you coming on the on the show, man. Well, thanks for hollering at me, boys. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Take care, man. I appreciate it, Paul. I'll see you this next Wednesday. You've been on the drop, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. Take care. Dude, that guy. are amazing. Uh, incredible, right? Like he just pulled one out. Yeah. So he just pulled one out for that was from like, I think, eighteen to twenty years ago. Like writings Holy and shit. tape, you know, writings, tape, little doodles, things that he had in there, and he'll add then now pieces to that um, images wow. that he'll tattoo. So it's still building. Uh. Oh yeah, building from twenty years ago, informing. Things that he put down on paper 20 years ago or 18 years ago, whatever it is, are informing the emotions and and output of today's work. It's incredible, man. That's wild. That is cool. Yeah. I, it speaks to going back through your old stuff and, and being a little bit of a pack rat and collecting those things and um, holding yeah. on to stuff, you know? Yeah. Or it's like yeah. who who are like you're a different person 18 years later, you know. But if you can still find that connective thread of the true the true self you know, from back then, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. So, man, I appreciate Paul coming on the show. It was um, I, I, it's been fun to to connect with that guy. That was my only apprentice. If people aren't familiar, uh, that's the only guy I've ever apprenticed to tattoo. And, um, you know, it was about teaching that cat just the technical aspects of tattooing and what could be accomplished and then watching him just take off and, and produce work that is taken on different forms and, and, uh, looks, but always rooted in a, in steeped in tradition and, and steeped in a really cool style, um, and a, and a love of, of art you know, a commitment to that vulnerability and that, that, uh, acceptance of being okay with what comes out. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I, yeah. I easier one apprentice. Jesus. Yeah. Hey, that guy's so yeah. cool. <laughs> like yeah. the whole drawings yeah. and like, I never would have thought that, you know, like you said, the art part of it, it's, it's, uh, 20 years it took or something, you know, kept it around, uh, have it that long and then put something in years later. Yeah. Take it out again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have a bunch of boxes full of my old sketches, but the whole point was just to keep it there and kind of remind you, you know, mm-hmm. but to have an art piece that stays around that long and then you're still going to add to it later. Right. And, and I mean, enough. you can take that idea and you can expand on it and maybe you take those drawings from, you know, a dozen years ago or whatever, and you pull them out, tape them in a, in a sketchbook and do now a 2019 contemporary refined version of that same drawing. And what comes out now, what emotions come out, what little tricks have I learned to to touch this spot on this drawing that's going to make it unique and fresh for today that makes me excited again about it. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea. That is a really, really good idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of them, I think, you know, from what you, your progression from then to now, you know, it's, it's all artists, it, it, you know, they progress, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see what you did wrong before. You see how bad it was before, 
and that idea like that you said you know from a, like a redo of that specific image would be super cool to do mm. and what's interesting too is you see paul's stuff from way back and he was a portrait artist for a long time like that dude does sick gouache portraits like tiny small ones and um I haven't seen him do any lately, you know, in a long time, but you know, he takes that experience and that, um, that understanding of form and moves it into, uh, moves it into these other areas. And it's, it's super fun to see. So I'm excited to have finally have had him on the show. Um, you know, let's get into, uh, the third segment of the show, which is the art collaboration segment. Um, and today we're going to be talking about just that is where we find inspiration. How do we spark that? Um, how do we rekindle that fire? You know, if we're in the middle of a project or just in general, how are we going to um, rekindle that? And Jaime, what do you think? Like, what's what's a what's something that you like to do to kind of stoke the fire on that creativity? Uh, that's hard because lately I've been kind of in a stump of what to do, you know? I, I, I don't, I, I literally seriously just sit in my room, in my art room, and draw a circle until I see something, you know? Yeah. Wow. Like, I just little circle and put a line in the middle, and then eventually something comes out. I don't know sure. what it's going to be, but most of the time it's just a girl head. <laughs> well, I think that's like the, the sitting down, the discipline of that sitting down and, and being there, drawing that circle and drawing that line and being willing to yeah. open up yourself to that process is the first step in it, you know? And then you take and um, you pull in some of that technique that you just learned about. You pull in some of this idea of, hey, what what did I do 10 years ago that was either physically different mentally different spiritually different that i can maybe re-engage with and see how it now informs my artistic expression you know i think i'm so into that right now man yeah see that's super cool like you what you were saying earlier you know you started skateboarding again there's like a lot of art art in skateboarding you know Mm -hmm. a lot of the feeling that you had younger is coming back from skateboarding you know right Absolutely. And it, and it does like it reinvigorates me for, you know, other creative expressions, other things that I'm involved with, you know, um, this set of flash that I'm doing that um, once I get back from this little trip in Colorado, I'm going to continue lining out those sheets, um, get them on a, to a place where I can scan the 10 sheets. Um, I'm still trying to lock down a, um, a date to drop this uh this poster that's going to be the kind of liner poster for this set. Um, kind of the, uh, poster that comes along with it. That is, um, of a tiger with a frog standing on its tail. And it follows this idea that, um, you have to tread lightly in difficult situations and stay humble and be aware of your, of your surroundings. Um, when you're treading on the tail of a tiger. And so, um, I'm going to drop those prints soon. I got to connect with the, um, and figure out where I'm going to get those printed. If anybody's got, uh, connections, let me know. Um, I, I may, I may, I know that there's, I mean, I've had stuff printed from rebel reprints, uh, before 
um, one of one of the connections that Paul's shop actually um, also uh, might be able to hook me up with somebody. So that print is going to drop at some point, um, and then I'll have finished that. Um, I'll have finished that set of flash as well. And like I said, I'm trying to take these new endeavors, these new creative things, either physically or artistically, into that creative process with what I'm doing, even into this, you know, even into the podcast, continuing to try to develop the either the format to it, um, the dynamic, the engagement of the of the guests that we have on here, um, the format of the drop, like we still got to figure it out. It doesn't work that good to scroll through Instagram and, and I'm still figuring out those things of how to engage with this video and the podcasting and all these things. Um, but it's fun, you know, all those creative endeavors, like push one of the, uh, you know, push one of the others. So I definitely think it's important to stay engaged. Yeah. And I think it's cool to have a few different things to cycle through. So you don't get burnt out on one, uh, medium, you know, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think so too. You know, it's, um, it's good to be in, engaged with some different things, just like new stuff, either new or, or different. Like you might go from one project that's, you know, a watercolor project. And then you go to a project that's completely different, like a, uh, an acrylic pro- project that is abstract. You know, I mean, that's kind of like what I've done with this flash set. It's a, it's mo- moving away from the abstract painting that I've been doing and pushing back into the tattoo um, uh, kind of imagery and, and aesthetic of tattoo flash. Obviously the flash set is developed in a certain way. So the whole set looks good. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you know, when developing the set as a complete thing, so each of the designs on the set look good. Each of the designs within each sheet look good together. The sheets totally look good together. And then, you know, I've taken it to a, um, a step. Well, I'm going to have a certain amount of sheets that are just, you know, banger like kind of designs. And then I'm going to have a, two sheets that are kind of scenes that are kind of one whole scene type sheet. And then one sheet that's like two images, uh, two big images. So a selection of styling to the sheets as well that is um, a little bit more um thought out than just putting a bunch of sh- uh, of designs down on sheets i know i want this whole set to look good as a piece as an art project together you know i want to i want this thing yeah. to each piece to inform and build on the other almost man that's super cool i always wanted to do that too but i never came around to it as well, a set piece so. and this is where you know, i was I was at this point where um, I didn't know how to spark my creativity, right? I was at this little, I was, I had yeah. a hands, I had my hands in a few different projects and um, and I was like, well, I was talking at the tattoo shop and I think I said this on maybe one of the last podcasts, we went really, we dove deep into the inspiration behind this and it was um, from uh, Kawanabi Kiyosai, this Japanese artist that Adam Safari broke down a bit last podcast and it was really cool but 
you know, he was uh, an artist that, you know, you see all these little frog characters that are that are tattooed and painted. And I was like, what's going on with those? You know, and I was talking to my buddy Paul yeah. about his apprentice, Dave, um, you know, doing flash and painting flash and how a set of flash um, could be like uh, an exploration into a topic. So um, I said, like these frogs that this you know, that you see all the time. And at that time, when I mentioned that, I had no idea what the frogs were about. And I hadn't done any research on it. So I took my own advice and I started diving into these frogs and looking at them and and researching it, where they came from, and then just started building sheets and designs from that idea of these just frogs. Well, I can do it with my own sort of unique expression, some skateboard stuff, some, you know... Uh, Mm -hmm. psychedelic imagery just like really wild stuff but all with frogs you know and and to inform my to inform myself on not only the history of where this stuff came from and um but also to um dive into those shapes and create uh things that are that not only look cool but have some sort of deeper kind of fun meaning to them you know yeah, something different, something different, and that's what sparks your interest again. I think you know. Yeah. You yeah. you you, uh, you looked into it. You you were like, yeah, I like this. You know. Then you, that's the artistic creativity came back with that. You know. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think so too. I think just diving into something new and experiencing yeah. that. I found. Uh, I just wandered into a bookstore. Um, a couple weeks ago and found a really cool book on the aisle. It was all um, like different, like mythical beasts and stuff, which I had already been looking in another book about. And so I picked that up and it was some of the same stuff was referenced in that book to the other book I'd already seen. So it was just like a continuation adding to that, um, that understanding of that topic, you know, which was really cool. I used that in some of the flash designs that we were in that show together um, where uh, you, you contributed a piece of flash for that. Yeah, that's right. That's the other thing. One of the other things that was uh, happening this week was I banged out the sheet for an art show at um, the Lucky Duck Cafe um, in Oakland and a show that was curated by um, Isaac and his girlfriend, Speth, and <clears throat> a few of their friends. And so um, I put together a little you know, themed kind of spooky sheet, uh, themed with some fun stuff. And yeah, it was cool, man. It's, it's really fun. It's cool to be engaged. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Just, uh, they're giving giving away free coffee. If anybody gets tattooed with the flash, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You get, it's until the end of the year, you get one, one free cup per day. (laughs) <laughs> so if you go get oh that's amazing that's pretty yeah. awesome yeah so fu- fun stuff man like finding those little opportunities to to create something new and create something fun is is where it's at and i think engaging yourself in those things engaging yourself in the new kind of tools whether it's you know new markers new paints new medium whatever it is um you know, jump on and create a podcast. There's there's so many opportunities to do that nowadays. Um, and I I think it's 
as an artist, I mean, it's so critical to um, find opportunities to share your voice. And, and um, so, yeah, I think those are great. Uh, those are great bits of advice. And I encourage everybody to, to dive into something new this next couple of weeks and, and see if it sparks, sparks some creativity. Um, gentlemen, why don't you guys uh, let everybody know, starting with Isaac and then to Jaime, where they can find you at and um, what you got going on. Uh, my Instagram is isav. It's E-Y-E underscore S-A-A-V at Instagram. And there's links to my website there. Right on. Any new projects in the works? Um, yeah, I'm building a uh, reception desk for a new tattoo shop opening in Oakland, Rockridge called Occult Tattoo. Nice. Um, Hannah uh, Wolf is the person who owns that shop. So Very cool, man. Well, we'll have that. to stay up on that project, and, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to see that come together. Jaime, what about you? Yeah. Where can people find you at? On Instagram, um, Tattoo Cave. Um, also work at Figaro Street Tattoo in Cypress Park, Los Angeles. Yeah, man. Cool. Great. And Find you out yeah, in the streets it. every once in a while, huh? Your books yeah, are open. The what? Are your books open? My books are open. They're always <laughs> open, man. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. Not for anything. Right on, man. We'll check out. You know, the- <laughs> Definitely. Check out Jaime, uh, Tattoo Cave on Instagram. Check out um, Isaac, ISAV. You can always check me out. Um, at Joseph Swanson Artist. You know the show's Instagram, at Enjoy Art right now. Thanks, for everybody, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. I definitely want to shout out thank you to Freddie Corbin for jumping on the show. Um, thank you to my buddy Paul Urich for coming on the show. Um, if you'd like to book me for a tattoo, I am still um, taking some appointments, limited availability on Wednesdays in Oakland at Nowheresville, so you can hit me up. We can do a fun little tat if you'd like and um, have some good vibes. So hit me up. If you also would like to hire me to either speak or do an art project at your school or business, you can certainly hit me up. Art happens now at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let's collaborate and have some fun. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a blast. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Simon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much.